2: Sexual health. How
1: can relationships, How can relationships evolve, evolve, with evolve with people as they grow and, grow and change? After this, I'm going rollerblading with three uh, girls that I've helped raise. That they're six years old, two twins, and their younger sibling, and we're all going to rollerblade together. That's so I'm fantastic. very excited. Oh, yeah. I love it. I
2: love it. Yeah. I love it. I love
1: it. Yeah, yeah, mine is in the other room doing a mix of schoolwork, and then I'm sure
2: short- in slime. There's, slime is very big. Oh, in slime house. is she's so popular. Slime. Oh, yes.
1: And then we'll go out later today after work. We'll, we'll go out or hang out. I think most program. adults would benefit from slime play.
0: Welcome to the Curious Folks Podcast for those challenging the status quo in love, sex,
2: and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And in this episode, we are revisiting a conversation that we had with Jesse Fresh about how to develop a language and deeper understanding of our sexual pleasure using the erotic blueprints.
0: This is one of our most popular episodes, actually. And for a good reason. It has so much juicy insight and knowledge and practical guides. And it's a great one. It's a great one. This was also one of our first episodes when we were baby podcasters and didn't have the (laughs) gear or the knowledge to have the audio we have now. So do excuse us. It is excellent, excellent content and a great conversation. And we love Jesse Fresh. So we thought we'll put it out there again.
2: Yeah. It was fantastic, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to revisit it today. After the conversation that we had last week with Dr. Donna Oriowa about social conditioning and the impacts on our self-concept and our sexual self-esteem, we wanted to take a look back at this discussion with Jesse Fresh so we can re-explore how do we reconnect with our bodies to discover what we want, what we need, what feels good outside of external influences. In addition to being a fantastic human being, Jessie Fresh is a certified sex and relationship coach who helps women and couples create deep, intimate connection so they can experience the mind-blowing sexual pleasure that they deeply crave. Using a unique technique to help her clients understand their deepest sexual desires, she coaches them to experience intimacy and closeness where there are no limits on time, space, or love. And like Curious Fox. Jesse's mission is to end the unnecessary suffering that too many people endure because of shame and guilt that they feel about sex.
0: Enjoy the conversation.
1: Hi, Hi, Jesse. Hello. Oh my gosh. I could listen to both of you talk for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. We love talking about pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite pastimes.
2: Yeah. Particularly yeah. now. I mean, we started this conversation before the podcast talking about the civil unrest that is happening, the emotional mm-hmm. unrest that is happening, all of the mm-hmm. things that are happening just in this kind of global moment mm-hmm. and how there can be some escape in really looking at joy and finding moments of pleasure and, and digging into who we are and, and exploring that. And so Effie and I, constantly try to do that in our work and with our clients. And I'm really excited to learn from you some more techniques and tools around how to lean into and understand my pleasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And before we get there, I'm really curious, Jesse. how did you get into this business?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I looked up one day, uh, how to female ejaculate and that was on YouTube, I think 10 years ago, right as YouTube was starting. And I found a mentor. And it was the first time that I had ever found information about pleasure that was positive. And I actually fell into um, that person's YouTube hole for like a good five hours and then told every single person I knew. And that's what stemmed this curiosity around pleasure and my pleasure and how, how I could put it in my own hands. Um, literally. <laughs> and yeah. that, that just opened up doors. And I ended up following that person. Um, that is the, the mentor that I followed, Jaya Ma, um, who is a somatic sexologist that I've followed for many years. And after she had found the erotic blueprints, at that point, I was in, a, in the first functioning, healthy relationship of my adult life. I had a history of being highly codependent and picking the total hunks that treated me like shit. And I was in a relationship where I finally was attracted to the person that really treated me really well. We had sex that sometimes would be awesome, sometimes would be great, and a lot of times would be like totally missing the mark. And so I felt really frustrated because I was like, wow, I found like, I found someone that was, that treats me well. And now are we incompatible? Like is, is, is toxicity the thing that I need in order for sex to be hot? And that's not something that I wanted to uh, believe in. And so that's when I leaned into this information even more of like, okay, if, if we're not matching up and if we love each other greatly Uh, Then how do we find each other's match in terms of speaking about it? Because we ran into so many bumps of me feeling really rejected, both of us feeling rejected, then anger showing up, frustration, anything that intended to be a hot, sexy night that ended up in me like having my fist clenched in bed was a total fail in my mind. And when I run into failure, I tend to try and find the solution. So the erotic blueprints and leaning into pleasure, um, was the beginning of that.
2: Wow. Amazing. And Amazing. I love that you share that. Cause I do think that there is some myth and storytelling around the toxicity equals great sex and that, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 partners that we have that we argue the most with and stuff that that's like that passion then translates into sexual intimacy and that you may have to trade that for stability that when you Mm. find someone where there is a healthy loving rapport that over Mm. time that will become stale and stagnant and you know sex will be bad and so I love the idea of first naming that but then saying, actually, there are ways and strategies and tools and ways to play that Mm -hmm. that feels fun. Because sometimes, you know, we talk about this in terms of the work, when you're working on yourself in your world, when your relationship, it can feel like so much work. Mm -hmm. And so being able to find a practice that is work, but play, I think is really interesting. (laughs) I'm, I'm curious to find out more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of misunderstanding about passion. Like we think (laughs) what we think passion is, and what it looks like, and um, and how it affects our uh, affects our sex lives and our pleasure, uh, which isn't They're not necessarily all sort of. They're kind of intertwined, but not the same thing. I'm curious, why do you think why do you think pleasure is so important?
1: Pleasure is so important because it's what helps us live fully alive lives. It's what keeps us activated. It's what keeps us going. I, I know that when I live a life that's deprived of pleasure, my body aches. My mind is tortured. I am more achy in my body. I've had a mystery illness when I was younger that was created by me, I believe, um, from the amount of stress and burnout that I was creating for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's the direct exposure that I've had to like, okay, if you don't prioritize rest, happiness, um, balance in your life, then you're compromising your health, your stability, and your wellness. That's like the deeper end of it.
0: Sure, sure. I think to an extent that Pleasure, now we're talking about this, it's making me, I'm realizing that there's, there's definitely a school of thought that um, stigmatizes pleasure as well. And I don't mean just sexual pleasure, but just pleasure in life, that it is somehow indulgence and it's somehow excess. It's sometimes extra, you know, and you know, it's, it's selfish and it's, you know... Particularly uh, female pleasure right mm-hmm. exactly 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 and if you're seeking your pleasure you're a, you're a hedonist and uh, and there's something there's something wrong
1: about that
0: um rather than kind of what i'm hearing you say is it's like no it's your life force
1: every cell in your body is wired for pleasure and we deny that often mm-hmm. yeah. i like the term healthy hedonism
2: mm-hmm. yes yes and that's what yeah. i'm going for and, <laughs> yeah, part of what you sure. said that's really important too is there's there becomes a disconnect with our bodies as a result of that mm-hmm. so what you described mm-hmm. was that some of the, and I had this experience as a young person too, I had a lot of like stomach issues. We would go to doctor mm-hmm. after doctor and nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Now, certainly understanding that that was really a manifestation of anxiety. And, understanding this disconnect between how we are feeling and how that's manifesting in our body and how we can actually leverage our body to impact our feelings and where we hold tension and all those types of things. And again, I think, and certainly this is broad for all folks with all gender identities, but I think those who are identified as women or who who identify and show up in the world as female, there's an extra set of pressure, societal pressure around our bodies and around legislating our pleasure and so to your point, being able to connect those things and be in ourselves and actually enjoy ourselves harder sometimes, I think, than... So it, it, give me a sense of that. Like, What do you think is getting in the way of, of, of pleasure, of sex, of great sex?
1: Well, like you had just said, the, first of all, the relationship that we have with our body, which I have plenty of clients that are like, you want me to tell you what sensations I feel in my body. I don't know what you're talking about. So even mm-hmm. cultivating that relationship with like what am I actually feeling can be really difficult. That's something that I had to learn as a young adult. It's something that after that illness, I was at, uh, to overcome that illness, I had to really listen. And so listening mm-hmm. was part of that. Listening to what what I'm feeling mentally, physically, emotionally, acknowledging it because I was so used to completely denying my feelings, my thoughts, anything that was going on in my body. And I think that's something that that in our culture we're taught to, well, I grew up in Southern California and definitely the mentality there is like, you need to work and keep up with the Joneses. And I'm sure in New York, it's very similar that you push aside your needs to like keep up and therefore you're not, you're not listening to what your needs are or what your body needs or it's, it's not possible to keep up with that lifestyle and take care of yourself.
0: For sure. I mean, yeah, keep up with the Joneses or uh, a desire to achieve, like be very achievement focused at any cost. Um, And and also I think, you know, as women... Uh, in the workplace, you know, being all about your output, your productivity, your, you know, and, and not, not necessarily embodying yourself, embodying your, you know, embodying the body that you're in, embodying your sexuality. Those things are always seen to be either getting in the way Mm -hmm. or you manipulating the situation that's in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think definitely culturally there's a lot of things in the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, also personally, I mean, I've I've definitely disconnected from, I had, I had been very disconnected from my body due to just my own trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 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 you know, I think when we talk about pleasure, we do have to kind of have a side conversation about pleasure, about trauma. Uh, Because that's that's ultimately kind of I find the root of what gets in the way is some sort of trauma, Um, and I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my body until I reconnected, Mm. and it was like, oh, there's all this information that I've been ignoring, (laughs) pretending it's like white noise that I don't understand. Mm. Um, And then once you do that, once you get that body body mind connection restored, and it's something that I still have to work on. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, I I can you know I can. Um, easily disconnect. And it's kind of where my, where my, because my strongest, I, I believe, I hold on to a belief that my strongest muscle is my brain. So the more stress I'm under, the more things I need to get done, the more I retreat into my brain. Um, and then therefore it reinforces that my brain is my strongest muscle, you know, and I have to take a real, um, make I have to make a real effort to like. No, you are more than your brain. You have to connect it with your body. You need to connect with your feelings. You need to put all that information together and then make decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. Love that. I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a lifelong it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a lifelong <laughs> practice for sure. Yeah, it's a <laughs> for sure.
2: And so we were talking a little bit about what gets in the way. I'm interested now in thinking through some, talking with you about tactics, like, okay, so how do we increase it? How do we increase our own sexual pleasure? How do we do that in, in partnership or in relationship? I'm, I'm interested in, I'm like writing, let me get my, my notepad. Like what are those, what do we do, Jesse? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So the beautiful thing is that the, what I'm teaching in the Pleasure Mastery Workshop is the beginning, the foundational work to understanding your pleasure. And, the, and in that there's the five erotic blueprints. So there, that's a framework to understand basically your erotic sexual personality type. And mm. each erotic personality type has very specific blocks that show up based on how you are wired in your nervous system for pleasure. Mm-hmm. So for example, if your mind is overactive, um, there are certain things that you can do to lessen your mind chatter. So if if your blocks are that your mind is continually showing up, we need to focus on relaxation and the things that get you relaxed. So, if that means taking a two hour walk in nature before you have a sexy date with yourself, that's part of the foreplay. Mm-hmm. If part of your history involves trauma. We need to, and that is what blocks you, then we need to create the safety that allows mm-hmm. you to feel like everything is taken care of. All of the agreements have been said, um, everything has been negotiated, and my body feels safe. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are, I'm trying to think of other blocks, like if you're orgasm driven, if you're like, we're going to have sex and we're going to orgasm and that hijacks your experience because you're then feeling scripted or feeling like you're just going straight to, uh, the accelerator pedal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's ways in which you can slow down taken the rest of the experience through your senses. Um, that takes a lot of discipline for the people that are orgasm hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also just acknowledging before you even begin of like, okay, we have this much time. We, have, we live in like a time scarcity uh, bubble. And when we can acknowledge like there's plenty of time, we can relax into this, we can explore, that can really help in terms of the orgasm hunting.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious the the wiring the way that we're wired for pleasure is this um I'm this is pure nerdy curiosity um is this like uh is this like what we call like character is it a disposition or is this something that develops as a part of you know through a set of experiences do 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 you know
1: it's it's certainly both mm-hmm. I know that for myself I've been all five of the erotic blueprints since I've started this journey seven years ago. So what has shown up for me is that I I recognized where I was at in the moment um, when I first found it. And then as I experience more, as I lean into that pleasure more and give myself more of it, expansion happens. And then I pop into something new and a new experience. So it dep- it can be caused by traumatic experiences it can be caused by hormonal experiences um emotional physical everything so all of those things have influenced how i have shifted uh-huh. also for like a tangible example is that when i first began this journey i was like i just want caressing that would really turn me on yes i need the room to be perfect that's what i need and that's a specific blueprint that's the sensual blueprint they need to be turned on by having their senses ignited and i said that because that's what I truly believed but that's not what my body actually wanted that's the script that I had taken on of what I thought women need so i would ask my partner like give me that that's what i need then i'll be turned on and they're like i'm giving you that and you're not getting turned on you're actually getting like incredibly picky you are like completely clenching in your body you're not listening to your body so what is that about and i would get really frustrated because i there was a disconnect Mm-hmm. And then what I realized when I went to my coach training is they encountered the same thing. I said, I like caressing. I want the mood to be just right. And after about 10 minutes of, of these other coaches testing sensations on me, one of them threw down their clipboard and was like, put your fucking hands above your head right now. Don't you move. And my whole body had a very different experience. It lit up. I was giddy. I was squirmy. I was so excited. It was like, I don't know, like the first day of Christmas kind of feeling. But like <laughs> that, that amount of excitement of just like joy. Uh, and that's when I realized, oh, I had been scripted in what I thought I needed. And now I'm exposed to like psychological kink. And that's what turns me on? Okay. And then leaning into that and seeing what shows up from there. And that has just morphed and morphed and morphed which is really beautiful because you can then have some kind of influence in your in your erotic expansion
0: Mm -hmm. for sure that's interesting because when we talk about this when we have a a workshop coming up uh, and we knew that we were going to host you um, on the podcast so it becomes like the topic of conversation around like around the team and also just because i talk about my work all the time for um pleasure and uh, maybe annoyance of all, of all my friends. <laughs> this is kind of all I talk about. Um, but uh, so it was like, people were just like, oh, what is this thing? Like, what is this you know, blueprint, uh, play, um, the erotic blueprints? And I've been shorthanding it by saying, you know, everybody knows about the love languages. It's essentially the love languages, but for your, for your, your erotic exp- expression. Uh, and it's just finding out how it manifests and how it can be, sh- how it could be received and, and, and shown and shared. And and the thing that I always say about love languages to people as well, that it is that you can be multilingual, um, that you, and, you know, people are always like, I'm this. I'm like, great. And you can be other things too. You can, you can either tap into that frequency or you can learn um, and you can grow into, and ideally you get to a place where you can receive and show love in all the frequencies all the time in every, all all the ways I'm hearing a similar Sort of similar thing about the blueprints. When I when I you were saying like you can start from there and you can explore and you can grow and you can learn and you can expose yourself and you can find yourself sort of flowing through all
1: five. Right, there's five of them. Yeah, one of them is all five, and so and that that's like the uh epic holy grail is is the shapeshifter uh where that is your multilingual you can then speak every single blueprint you can receive every blueprint and you want to explore it all you want the variety creativity yeah you you are the awesome person at the orgy because you can recognize everyone's needs and fulfill those and you're able to play for hours yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I not to scare know, anyone.
2: No, I mean, <laughs> I was not at all. I was you, like, okay,
1: I was,
0: Jackie, did you do the? Did you do the quiz? Because shape is what just, I got. I was yeah. Just gonna tell, one of the
2: things that we will definitely include in the show notes is the quiz, so that people can yeah. uh, find out. And um, and and then certainly, if they want to know more, we'll tell you more at the end. But uh, Jesse will be joining us on June eighth, on June tenth, Wednesday, June tenth, um, uh, so that we can explore this some further. But I wanted to touch to base because in our last episode, we had a conversation with Angie Gunn around attachment styles. And similarly, we had the dialogue around that it's not your Myers-Briggs, it's not your star sign, that these are, we can show up differently depending on our level of growth, depending on which partner we're with, depending on, and it, again, this sounds really similar. And so I'm interested if that's been your experience with folks who have multiple partners, that they may show up with one particular br- blueprint type with one partner and show up with an, in another dynamic, in another with another partner and so i'm I'm interested in in your observation there with your with yourself with your clients Mm
1: -hmm. It, it depends like there's some people that are very fixed where they feel like no i am i am this this way and this is how i am regardless of what uh partner i'm with but in in my experience i see the relationship phase that you're in like if you're in the honeymoon phase uh all of your anticipation and longing and waiting is going to be bubbling and therefore that might be fulfilling one of your blueprints. Mm. Like in in new relationships, I'm really great at having the like strip me of my clothes and let's immediately get down to it uh because there's all of that is f- fulfilled in terms of what i need of the um anticipation but mm. once that phase has gone on once the honeymoon phase is gone that's when i still need connection anticipation the longing and waiting and creating that when you have that at your fingertips is more difficult it's a more mysterious because once that's gone you're like oh but i lost the excitement
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that can be interesting in relationship phasing And I think that, of course, everyone's chemistry brings out others chemistry. So having partners with different blueprints can draw out what's what's longing to come out for you as well.
2: Can we dive into that a little bit? I'm, I'm interested in, in two things that you mentioned there. One is kind of an energetic or maybe stylistic mismatch. Mm-hmm. And that I think could exist either in, in the story that you described with, with yourself and your your partner around that there was a mismatch or just circumstantial. I know my, my partner and I, the other day, I was like, let's be warm and cozy. And they were like, let's just do the damn thing. <laughs> and like the energy, like we kept trying to slow down, speed up and like we couldn't figure out like how to get on the same frequency. Um, so I think that can happen. So I'm interested in talking about how to regulate the mismatch and also to your point around relationship phases. It is, it is a very sad and mournful day for me when NRE, when new relationship energy ends, like I I, I'm in my, I'm in my, that's my Christmas morning every day is to have that level. And every partner I'm with is like, it's going to go away. Like, you know, this, ha- this, this hasn't and I'm like, no, like, I'm holding on as long as it's possible. But when that phase ends and when that kind of energy and excitement, all those chemicals go away and it how do we spice that up? So those are two things I'm interested in exploring with you, kind of the mismatch. And then how do we potentially spice things up? And I'm using air quotes when we've moved out of the the,
1: the beginning honeymoon period, new relationship energy phase. I'm a strong believer that um, in NRE and when someone tells me when I'm in a honeymoon phase and they're like, oh, you're just in a phase. I'm like, Fuck off! Because I want to live in it forever. Like, don't ruin my bubble. And if if it, this is the only uh, like Pfizer drug that I'm willing to back is like if they give us a pill for NRE, because new relationship energy is something that I. I think is yeah I'm right it's, behind you, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what makes life worth living in my in my mind in relationship. So let's,
0: let's bottle it. Let's <laughs> bottle it and uh, yeah, let's yeah, bottle it and care. give it out for free. Oh, tell me so how so it's hilarious. just
1: like a little bit of serotonin, a little bit of dopamine, a lot of oxytocin, uh, a lot of adrenaline. All of those things put together and just oh. put it into a cocktail. Yes, I'm, or a tincture, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> We can make a home- homeopathy uh, NRE. <laughs> uh, okay, so when when there's mismatched desire, mm-hmm. the great thing about the erotic blueprints is that first we, we practice showing up for ourselves, and by showing up for ourselves in our own needs and desires, it helps us build that resilience and and become more fed. So if you're if you were to look at like a resource spectrum of your sexuality um the way that i look at it is that when you're f- when you're fed you're like in a neutral place kind of like when you're like i think of this as being hangry so when you're hungry it's like you can eat a meal and you can go a couple of hours but in a couple of hours you're going to be hungry again when you haven't been feeding yourself well for a while you get hangry and what shows up is the like Anger, frustration, quick temper, those kinds of things that show up that you're like, oh, I didn't know that this was related to hanger or to, to hunger. And then on the other side, say that you're eating fully and having snacks and fully nutrient dense and everything, then you're going to feel like you can go for longer periods of time without nourishment because you're so full. Like when you're on a keto diet or something. <laughs> so I tried to look at sexual uh fulfillment in that way so if you're looking at your fulfillment how much are you showing up for yourself so that when you show up to a partner you're able to then fall into a match a lot easier because you're not needing so much from them to get turned on you're feeling more resourced more more relaxed more turned on in life So I guess that's the turn on spectrum. If I could reverse what I said, the turn on spectrum is like, how much are you doing to support your turn on in your life? So uh, like what I had said, uh, it sounds like you, you needed some coziness and some like snuggly time and some kind of connection in that way. And um, because that's a need that you have to connect with your partner, maybe look in their eyes, feel the warmth of their skin and just to really like breathe together and and that's a need that you have and your partner is voicing another need of like okay i feel connected very quickly like let's get this on and connect in a different way and for them th- that's a different kind of blueprint that's the sexual blueprint where when they're like let's get into like the the genital touching and the body touching and that's their need is that they want to feel really validated by exploring the body and having their genitals explored and having that be their like it's their water food uh nourishment on a basic level. And so say that if you were to voice like hey, if you were to do the things that you needed, like if you were to be more snuggly in an off time or to have to be like I need more snuggles like 50% of the time in life to feel like rested, less anxious and um relaxed. And then therefore I can open up then that would be really helpful. Another thing that you could do in that moment is that when your partner is like, no, let's just do this is you can be like, okay, but can we snuggle for like another 10 minutes and I'll like start to meet your needs. Meaning like you'll meet my needs by snuggling a little bit longer and I'll meet your needs by beginning to like stroke your genitals. And that way it keeps them engaged. So the question I'm circling back to the question. The question is like, how do we meet each other's needs when we're like missing the mark with each other? There's different ways that I'm going to teach you in the workshop of like how to meet each other's needs simultaneously, how to negotiate that so that you can show up and both get your needs met and then therefore feel fulfilled and opened up and ready to go when that happens.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what it made me think of, Um, Jackie, you're talking about us discussing this. One of the things, again, in, I think it was An- uh, Angie Young's workshop, on, on, the, on the workshop, she talked about, uh, she made a really um, interesting and important distinction about the, how the, your relational mm-hmm. dynamics is separate from your sexual dynamics. And and that, you know, do you remember the tree? She showed us a tree that was wrapped up by IV versus a tree that was all like multi um, you know, roots and, and connected to one another. So when I hear you say, when, are you, when I hear you describe your experience and knowing a little bit about what's going on, it makes me wonder if your needs in that moment are relational needs or sexual needs. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful point. I was thinking the same thing. You're right. Because I think, mm-hmm. I think in that moment, you're trying to meet your relational needs through cuddling and connection Absolutely. and not necessarily your sexual needs.
2: Yeah, I think that's completely true, and, and I, I think now hearing kind of Jesse flesh that out, that that really that became clear to me that I think that that experience that I'm talking about was in a moment where my partner and I were kind of in in conflict, trying to like, we were, it, it was like building safe space with each other still. Like there were some things that we were trying to navigate through. And I think for me, it was a relational, I want to feel connected and leveraging sex in order to do that. And for my partner, I think it was trying to avoid the conflict and ignore it. And let's <laughs> just use sex to do that. And I think we both yeah. came to the sexual table, if you will, with different intentions mm-hmm. around what we needed because mm-hmm. of the relational Uh, Mm -hmm. tension that we were experiencing. So I think that's completely fair, Effie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think I look at them as both sexual. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I look at Mm -hmm. that, like, even if you need snuggling and connection in a relational way, that's what's going to open the door for you to feel sexual and to feel Mm -hmm. relaxed. Your partner might be that blueprint that they need to get off in order to feel relaxed. So you're both trying Mm -hmm. to feel the connection and the relaxation, but one is driven in a very different Mm -hmm. way.
2: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. It's yeah. like
1: you need relaxation as foreplay. They need relaxation as like post orgasm.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Sure. sure. But that's such a great point. Love that relational part.
2: But I have to no, I have to sit with that. I think that's really true. And I and it's interesting to me, because we had a conversation recently with Stella Harris regarding masturbation and I was thinking about my masturbation journey separate than my sexual, like partner sex journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that I feel that what you just described around relaxation post orgasm, if Mm -hmm. you will, as my masturbation strategy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not necessarily (laughs) my sexual strategy. And like, so does that mean, Mm -hmm. so certainly that exists within me, right? It exists within my blueprint type, if you will, but figuring out then how to leverage some of that in this space. And so that's interesting really interesting.
1: We also tend to self-pleasure in a very specific blueprint that's not necessarily our own. So mm. because of uh either being in a hurry or having this script of that's what masturbation looks like. Um that we most people when I ask them like, "Oh, how do you how do you self-pleasure?" they'll they'll go, "Oh, I take a toy out and I put it there." And then I say, "Oh, is that is that really like what your blueprint would really enjoy?" And they're like, "No." And then when I ask them, oh, what would, what would that enjoy instead? And they're like, well, probably like 90 minutes in the bath. Does, I'm speaking from my experience because I have that relationship with masturbation where I go, oh, really I really want to like, really feel pleasure. I don't even say like I want to get off. I want to feel pleasure. And so how do I do that? And there's a script that pops in that says, okay, you're going to get out the vibrator and you're going to put that there and you're going to have an orgasm real fast. And my body hates that, like my body clams up and goes, no no, 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 no no, and so that's been my relationship to to masturbation, where I will avoid masturbation because I have this like sexual bully going on that's like we're going to masturbate and we're gonna like do it fast when I actually get to listen to what my needs are. it's like I'm gonna go in the bath for a good ninety minutes so that I can relax, and then I'm gonna like put on some music in my room and butter up my body with like Cacao butter and stuff that smells like aphrodisiacs. And then I'm going to dance in the mirror and like strip tease for myself and seduce myself. And then I don't know what'll happen after that, but maybe there might be some sexual things that happen. And all of that feels sexual to me. But what I'm saying is that often when we self pleasure, we focus on genitals when really we could play with a lot more elements that really satiate us.
0: I love that. I love that. The other part, again, I just want to keep going down this path about. What I love about what's coming up for me around the the blueprint, the erotic blueprint, that how it's actually very much anchored in your erotic experience, right? Because I think again, going back to all it all being a, a intertwined, like your relational, your needs, your your triggers, all these things are on separate tracks, and they they might run parallel, but they don't run on the same track. And I think um having an like having really. Digging deep and understanding your erot- the erotic energy, your sexual expression, um, and somewhat, somewhat aside from your relational dynamics and understand like what turns me on regardless of who with in, you know, like how can I turn myself on regardless of anybody else where I am in a relationship, what kind of a relationship I'm in with whom I'm relating, but it's just about me soaking in my erotic energy and really understanding what it is um, without it getting clouded by other things. And I think one of the things that's really attracting me to this idea of the erotic blueprint. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it gives you all that agency to to have the awareness while you are with a bunch of people in the orgy or while you're by yourself or while you're with a partner you get to check in really quickly and go oh what are my needs right now oh okay this 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 and this and whether that's influenced by someone else or not that gets to be the play Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. the
1: play is when you get to recognize your needs and play with others and see what shows up and be able to communicate that in a way that's simple and easy and fun yeah um i just
0: want to add to that where would you think this idea of sort of validation through sex right being validated or or, or seeking validation through sex how how does that fit into the, to the you know this model of a blue the erotic blueprint because it makes me think that th- this is why i like almost like the purity of the idea of erotic blueprint that it is it is about your like erotic sort, power source. Um, and then we kind of have these things that, are attached, that we attach to sexuality, like looking for validation, looking for, for a specific type of connection, validation of connection, validation of self-worth, you know, um, validation of our worth within the relationship, right? So we, like, we seem to attach these things to our sexuality that what I'm hearing is, is not necessarily attached naturally.
1: We kind of do it in, 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 in our minds, right? that there so i'm i'm hearing as you say that i'm hearing all of the blueprints are validated by by very specific things mm. so for instance the energetic blueprint is validated by connection the sensual blueprint is validated by um like beauty mm-hmm. the sexual blueprint is validated by the the orgasm and and the certainty that shows up Sex, the kinky blueprint is validated by the taboo, Mm -hmm. and the shapeshifter is validated by like the buffet of it all, the the like newness and the discovery. I love that angle. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's what they're all seeking in sex, and that's what they're getting from it.
2: Yeah, and and what I hear you saying too, Effie, is about and and Effie and I are going to be collaborating on June twenty fourth to do a training around know thyself, which based on what you're saying, Jesse, and, and what we know in our work is the foundation for everything, right? Knowing your needs, knowing your desires, knowing the way that you show up in a relationship, having that that basic knowledge and foundation will certainly support everyone in, in their relationships. Um, but what I also hear you saying then, Effie, is, is that there is being able in the same way that we can partial out potentially a relationship need and a sexual need is understanding why we're showing up to that space. Like, am I, am I looking to be validated as you still care about me? Am I looking to be validated as we are still connected? And I'm trying to leverage sex in order to do that. And that feels like that is layered on top of what we're hearing and what we're learning about in terms of the, the erotic blueprints around that. There are some needs to be validated for connection or for touch or for beauty or for variety and being able to to acknowledge that, but also separate out those pieces. What is a need that is healthy and maybe what's a need that's rooted in, um, insecurity or an attachment or something else that is disguising itself as a sexual need potentially. Is that, is that, tell me, tell me, tell how you're feeling about that. Does that make sense? Is that where you're at? It really
0: makes sense. I want to kind of take it a step further and say, I, I I'm going to say that needs aren't necessarily healthy or unhealthy by just there isn't such a thing as a healthy or an unhealthy need. But there is the strategies which we use to meet those needs are healthy or or, or can be classified as unhealthy, unhealthy or serves or doesn't serve or adjusted and, and maladjusted. So I wouldn't yes. necessarily say that there's an unhealthy need. It's just how we go about meeting those needs. And in fact, yes. when you were saying that, what came up for me is that's amazing. If you know, if you have an understanding of your um, erotic energy through these blueprints and you then have an understanding of, oh, I have a, This is the how I am, you know, I, um, you know, my blueprint suggests that maybe taboo is how I am validated. Then you can say, you look at your life and your choices and say, am I, do- what I, what am I doing anything in my life that is seeking to, um, challenge this idea of taboos, and if I am, are those the right decisions? Right? Am I am I going and doing things that are class, you know, can be classes unhealthy? Or I know that about myself now. I know that taboo is something that turns me on as a way that I feel validated. Now, can I? What would be a healthy strategy um, that I can that I can come up with and you know create, be creative um, to meet that need? And then you can also it might give you an insight into like some of the maladaptive, some of the not necessarily. Healthy ways of meeting that, right? So maybe I know with taboo, I can see like you know if you're doing things that feel taboo that that aren't necessarily like they also happen to be illegal. For example, I don't, really, I'm not very good at giving an example right now.
1: There's a like the taboo um, and not respecting other people's boundaries. Uh huh. You know, like like there's I've had friends where we're at like a sex coaching convention and we're in the elevator and I have like a choker on and we're on our way to like the sexy party. And I'm feeling like, oh, God, anyone that enters this this space that has not consented, I'm violating their consent. And then my friend next to me being like, who cares about other people's consent? Like we're having a great time. And that's that's where I think that like the need to like experience a taboo, but not checking in with everyone's like doing it in public and the public not agreeing to you walking your person around like a dog with a collar on Mm -hmm. uh is is a thing right 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 no exactly i i love that
0: yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to say right if you consent we go back always go back to the consent um (laughs) making sure that everyone's consenting and and that you understand what you like you understand these drivers and motivations that you might be um unconscious to Right? And I think what I'm, what the more I we talk about this, the more I'm realizing. And I also totally like this idea of a blueprint now makes sense, right? Because then once you understand your blueprint, then it's something to build upon you know mm-hmm. it's like a yeah. it's like a, a map um I, I do something called five rhythms which is a moving meditation practice i talk about it a a lot lot. Yeah, yeah i talk about it a lot um on the podcast five rhythms has a ha, has what they call maps so similar idea it kind of breaks the the five rhythms then create a map and these like five pathways that also give you insight into you know what turns you on and what um shuts you down what are your blocks what are your you know so it's um it, i like anything like allows um, for self-reflection and, and not only self-reflection that I get to know myself, but also self-reflection also reflection that allows me to get to know other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I-, I show up like this and I can see maybe this person shows up this way, this way, and this way. And then you can be like, how do we collaborate? How do we then make it all happen? And it feels delicious and warm and, and sexy and hot for everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. And what I heard you saying too, Jesse, which I love is not only how do we collaborate in the in the, and I'm using air quotes in the bedroom right and Effie and I try to do a lot of work around pushing back on that language yep. because it's like it really a lot of times it's not happening in the bedroom like right? but to to that actual end that really it begins before that. So leveraging the example that I shared around wanting connection, that that could have started, you know, hours earlier, or we would have cuddled on the couch, or we would have taken a walk and held hands, some other way of connection so that when we got to the space where we're going to be sexual, then that need was met. And then I could, you know, explore another level of it because I wasn't trying to meet that need in that space. And so I think that's going to be one of my takeaways from this conversation is being thoughtful around What are the needs that need to be met met to feel good in that space? And can they be met in advance of entering into that space or as a part of it, an elongated kind of part of it, but not necessarily at the moment of taking clothes off?
1: Right. And can they just be expressed so that your partner also knows that that's something very important to you? That's a key ingredient to you being fully turned on, fully in the moment, open to receiving and giving. When I think when when you understand each other's needs, that's when you're able to go, okay, Like I can, I can be here for a little bit longer and, and like meet you in that way because I know it's really important to you. If I want to have have juicy sex.
2: Right. I'm going to do this thing. Right. I'm going to massage your back. (laughs) I'm going to give you a hand massage even because I know that's going to be.
1: Yeah. Right. The, the, um, Effie, that part about getting your needs met in like a backwards way is what I was talking about with the toxic relationships is Mm -hmm. I craved like this, like, oh no, like you shouldn't be sleeping with them. They're bad for you. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm.
1: that meeting a lot of my psychological kink of like, oh, okay, well, will just text them and we'll see if they respond. And that intense adrenaline rush that comes from like the catch, the release, the um, like, Mm -hmm. this is taboo, like, oh, now I'm going to hang out With them and we're not going to talk about having sex, but the whole time I'm going to be mentally seducing you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That all was me operating in my blueprint, not knowing what the hell I was doing, Mm -hmm. but knowing that it was super hot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so now I work with clients that are like, yeah, I'm attracted to like People that are married, or I'm attracted to the people that are off limits, or um, they're seeking that taboo factor mm-hmm. and the waiting, longing, and anticipation in a way that they don't really, they're not conscious about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. we work together to make sure that they're, they're getting those things met before. Right. And the need is healthy, but the strategy
2: is not. Right? right. they have a better strategy to meet that need. That yes. makes a lot of sense. So let me go back to yeah. the question because we started talking about what to do with the mismatch. I'm interested in you talked about different phases of relationships. When we get past the NRE phase, which at some point the three of us are going to work together to create the potion. So that phase, (laughs) I'm committed (laughs) to that. Um, but right now, until that moment comes, when that phase ends, are there strategies around how to spice more things up or how to then create more pleasure rooted experiences with a partner after NRE?
1: Of course, there are so many practices. One of the practices that I really like is which I don't mean to, like, take away all the spice and sizzle of of this topic, but, like, planning time together. Mm-hmm. Um, prioritizing time. <laughs> prioritizing pleasure is huge. Like, especially yeah. for all the overachievers, prioritizing time together is the biggest part. And then you get to add to all of that. So when you say like for instance in in my calendar every monday is a day where i am supposed to be like leaning into pleasure throughout the day and then i have a very specific window of time like from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. where i'm just supposed to surrender to whatever shows up in the moment that looks like pleasure mm-hmm. whatever that is if that's soaking my feet in hot water if that's like cleaning my house so that i feel more uh like relaxed in my house um if that's taking a shower. It's, it's, it it can be anything, whatever Mm -hmm. shows up. So I think adding these little bits of, um, like having the spontaneity window in there of there's no expectations. We're just showing up, but you can also add one of my favorite little hacks is an adventure date. So an adventure date has three different, uh, components to it. It has mystery, it has novelty or naughtiness, and it has obstacle. So the mystery would be like, hey, babe, I'm going to this Monday night, like I know that we have the spontaneity window, like, don't worry, I have everything covered. You just need to show up hungry and like relaxed. So if you hear that, you get to go, oh, shit, I need to be relaxed. Okay, what do I need to do to be relaxed in order to show Mm -hmm. up for this? The obstacle part is like, how can you make this less? uh how can you draw out the satisfaction and create a little bit of uh, a challenge mm-hmm. so i've done that with like giving people little love letters or for people in quarantine if you're like we have nowhere to go i put a blindfold on them mm-hmm. and i'll say like okay i'm going to lead you to this room and that that obstacle creates the like whoa what's happening this is fun this is different mm-hmm. this is awesome mm-hmm. uh and then the the newness or the the naughtiness can be Whatever you want to add in there, mm-hmm, <laughs> anything that you like, we've wanted to try this for a long time. Or you know how we've been talking about giving each other like hot oil massages for a while, or we've been wanting to try bondage. Like those are the things that you can bring into the the newness. And those those three elements are what we seek in NRE.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: it's mm-hmm. it's when we're on first dates when when the adrenaline is high, and then when the oxytocin and the dopamine kick in, and and there's uncertainty going on. That's Fulfilled by mystery, obstacle, and novelty or naughtiness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So practicing that in long-term relationships is super helpful and religious, like regularly. Mm -hmm, And at least once a month, if not twice a month, where people are alternating giving.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I'm
1: going to try this I love (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm absolutely going to do it. I'll report back.
0: Yeah, I harp on about date nights, but just giving that kind of like... Here's the thing, I do think that a big part of, um, Maintaining a healthy, thriving relationship is creativity. Like oh, yeah. I can't. We talk. I mean, I, I talk about it all the time uh, creating, problem solving, being creative. Um, which, which to some people, it comes more naturally, and for other people, it's you know, it's not as it's not as easy, and it's not as na- it doesn't come as naturally. And a, a lot of what we do here at Curious Fox is is the, the the inspiration and permission part of it. The inspiration part of it is that is to get people's get give people inspiration to be creative, to come up with their own ways of of really figuring these things out. Out, you know um b- because you know if we've done a you know we've just done a um with Stella Harris we've done a masturbation workshop right so it's like okay now the idea is that do you want to like take this evening and m- do mutual masturbation right it's, this, is, this is your inspiration we just given you inspiration and information and by the way we just sat through the whole thing as a community so permission um so please like take the time now um and take this evening you're here anyway you're all primed and then just getting <laughs> Get, you know, just get, you know, get involved with some mutual masturbation, right? So <laughs> it's it's you know it's it, this is the idea, and and date nights is another one of those like you have to have date nights. Well, you know, I I tell these people all well, time, put it in your calendar, like stick to it, like you stick to you know your kids' soccer practice, right? You have to stick to this time. Um, and what you've just said, the in the, the sort of uh, the structure of what you can do with that date night, I think is so valuable. Absolutely, it's so much
1: better than going to like the Italian restaurant that you, you always go to mm-hmm. and like you and know, eating eat too many carbs. On yeah. an and then you feel bloated and you want <laughs> to have
2: sex at that point. We did a podcast episode and had um, a workshop with Steve Dean, who is an expert on dating. And one of the things oh, that he learned. did through the, through, through the experience, through the workshop, which was great, was helping people first. To, he asked people to think about ways in which they experience self-care. And so people talked about cooking delicious meals for themselves or engaging in positive self-talk or reading really excellent books and things like that. And he said, fantastic. And they made these whole lists about how people take care of themselves. And he said, now turn those things into dates. Mm. How would you take the ways in which you give yourself pleasure and create a date experience? He's like, take three of those things and put them together. And now you've created a date. Experience for someone else, and so what I hear yeah. is let's first focus on what it is that we want to make sure that we're meeting our needs. Let's yeah. use that information to then understand our partners and what they need, and and to co- collaborate on an evening around that. And then let's create a little bit of anticipation and excitement and naughtiness mm-hmm. and some fun and replicate mm-hmm. some of that NRE. Yeah, um, you've talked a little bit about your some of the work that you've done with clients. I wonder if you can share out kind of some of you know maybe a before and after or an experience that you had. With somebody that you really helped them step into their sexual empowerment, and you, and you saw that reflected in their life.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I have one, just sh- yeah, one really amazing client that has given me uh, permission to share this. So there's that consent. Uh, this person was freshly out of a divorce, and that divorce was not the healthiest. Um, and they had been sexless for over seventeen years, and. She had been having sex with herself, but never said anything to her partner. And so from uh, emerging into this new singlehood, she was terrified. Uh, She was like, I don't know how to express to people what it is that I want. I don't know how to date people. Like, how Mm -hmm. terrifying does that sound? I'm scared that people are going to reject me for what it is that I want. Uh, So we worked together and it was incredible. I did one session. uh, I usually work with people over the span of like four to six months because I really want to get you to your goals and have that embodiment last. So one of the sessions that we did uh, is a discovery session where I I take over 40 sensations that are all categorized into the different blueprints and I map out where the highest arousal is on your body. Hmm. And part Hmm. of her highest arousal was on her kneecaps. And I took a metal spoon that was warm and traced her kneecaps. And the first reaction was, I said, okay, scale of one to five, how pleasurable is this? Because that's, I'm using like effective communication and like getting the feedback. And she goes, oh, it's a four. It's a four and a half. A four and a half is like almost to orgasm. And my immediate reaction is like, because I'm the sex nerd. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. (laughs) And her immediate reaction is how weird am I?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: her immediate reaction is like whoa what is wrong with me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so in that moment i get to show up and go or like i get to change the story in the script like how amazing is it that you get to be dating someone and when you like them and you feel safe with them and you're out to dinner like You get to go, hey, by the way, so my kneecaps are this special place. Yeah, it's like a superpower. Yeah, this is my superpower. I Mm -hmm. love tapping into and finding other people's erotic superpowers. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't know that our ankles, our knees, the space, like that person also preferred lots of space, Mm -hmm. like 16 feet of space to begin like erotic uh, approach. And so Mm -hmm. knowing these things, knowing that that's just how I'm wired, Mm -hmm. And that's just how she's wired, allowed her to really own that. She also had many desires to be in multiple relationships. And she was like, who am I to be in a multiple, like multiple relationships with many different partners? Uh, And so being able to see her now where she has, I think, over three partners who Mm -hmm. are all satisfying her in the kinkiest of ways, in the sexiest of ways, like showing up for her and allowing her to have these experiences where she's talking about what, what it is that she wants firsthand. Uh, She's able to not have any shame about it. She's owning it. And therefore she's experiencing erotic breakthrough after erotic breakthrough because Mm -hmm. she's owning her pleasure. And these, these people are saying, fuck yes. Like you're talking to me about it up front and I'm Mm -hmm. down. Let's do this. So hearing her stories has been like my favorite uh, testimonial part because she's frolicking now where before she was completely scared. Yeah. So wow. that's amazing. Yeah. You were able to transform shame and in, into
2: curiosity as, as opposed yeah. to really seeing yourself. Yeah, exactly. for you. yeah. I love exactly. that story.
0: So fun. And I think also just you sharing the people that she's, she's, uh, playing with their response was this like positive, like mm-hmm. thank you for telling me. Because yes. I think it's also important. I think what gets in the way sometimes is that you you're more worried about what reaction are you going to get. Yeah. You know? Um. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I start um playing with somebody for sort of early on, um, I you know once we sort of cuddle and spend some time like skin on skin, um, I ask them. I say, would you like me to tell you a little bit about my body? And yeah. It, I love it, that. it, yeah, I <laughs> and you. and you're just like oh. and um and they you know depending you know who they are and what, what kind of background they come in um you know if they're coming from you know sex positive community they're like yes please you know tell me all and then if they're not it, it there's definitely a pause of like oh like what's about to come you know what, what am i getting myself into <laughs> or they might not be used to um, talking. Be, not feel, talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not be comfortable by just like about the topic. Uh, yeah. By the time I'm done, um, I the, uh, ubiquitously I get a thank you. It, <laughs> it's, it's always like thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. This is amazing. I, you yeah. know, it, and and it's I've never had anybody like get up and leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so if you can get that, I mean, I just you know personal experience. If you can get that, if you're able to explain. Um your desire and make requests, talk about your needs, and give people tips and clues and and instructions on how to meet those needs. you're there,
1: they're happy about
0: it yeah that's
1: that that is the part that I hear most people reach out to me is they go, oh god i i what do I need? I have no idea what do i I have no idea what i want i uh like when if you were to ask someone um tell me about what your body likes, and they completely freeze up because they don't know that's when I would just encourage you to reach out for support. There are so many people that can help you. I would love to help anyone in that position because it's just an education. It's just a discovery process. And you're not alone in that. I hear so many people that don't know how to name their desires or what it is that they like. Or you could be like me where you're like, this is a script of what my desire is. And actually, it's just making you completely unorgasmic because you're following something that's not true.
2: Absolutely, And we spend years and thousands of dollars learning about other subjects, learning about <laughs> other people, <laughs> yeah. learning about other times, and, and really spend very little time learning about ourselves. Mm, for sure. and, and really... Especially the, a pleasure. Yeah. Not just about and spend, pleasure. again, years and thousands of dollars trying to seek out happiness and joy and pleasure without necessarily taking that time to, to do that work on ourselves. And so again, you know, on, on June 24th, Effie and I are going to be tapping into know thyself and, and we're going to be doing that work with you on June 10th around the blueprint. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Really? It's, it's it's like the most annoying answer when people are like, well, what do we do first? And they're like, spend time with yourself and get to know yourself. You're like, no, I want to skip that <laughs> part and just get to the, but that's really, it really does start there. If you are listening in the future, if you are listening on June 11th to this podcast episode and are distraught because you have missed this, there is no worry because you can find us on Patreon. And if you are a patron of ours and I- anywhere from $5 to $12 a month, if you uh, contribute and support this community, you will get access to all of the workshops that we have facilitated, both live and virtual. We have videos that are all there that are accessible to our patrons. Um, so you can you can watch it if you've missed it. And you have the ability to get free tickets for yourself and for guests to future events. You can do ask me anything sessions with, with Effie where you get to tap into her uh, relationship expertise, coaching skill set, um, and there are a lot of other goodies and, and, and exclusive events for patrons. So go on to Patreon. You can find it there at We Are Curious Foxes. You can find us on social media and Instagram and Facebook at We Are Curious Foxes. If you want to learn more about Jesse Fresh, you can visit her at her website at jessiefresh.com or follow her at Instagram at fresh, the Coach. We talked about Patreon. The other way in which you can support this community is by liking, reviewing and sharing this podcast. It does make a difference. Our goal, as Effie said, is to hashtag change the noise and to really create spaces that you can, places where you can hear, where you can watch, where you can attend, where you can read, so that all of these things that have created shame, that hold us back from our deep pleasure, that we can replace those stories with stories of inspiration and possibility of what else is actually out there and lean into our curiosity. And so please like and share and review the podcast. If you have any questions that you would like us to explore or themes for the podcast, you can email us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com or you can leave us a voice message and we can play your question or your story on the air and address it at 201-870-0063. And so we'll make sure to include all of this information in the show notes. And we hope that you get to join us on June 10th for more of Jesse, more of the (laughs) blueprints, more of pleasure, just more of more. Uh, Thank you so much,
0: Jesse, for joining us, sharing your wisdom, sharing your thoughts.
2: To find out more about Jesse Fresh, you can visit her website, jessiefresh.com, or follow her on Instagram, jessiefreshthecoach and if you want to watch the workshop that she did on erotic blueprints then you can find that on our Patreon at we are curious foxes at we are curious foxes is where you can find us on our website on Instagram and on Facebook where you can go to have a conversation about this episode what resonated with you if you take the quiz what is your erotic blueprint come on to the Facebook group and let us know The other way that you can get in touch with us is by emailing us or calling us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com or at our phone number 201-870-0063. And the last way in which we can hear from you is actually by you rating and following and sharing our podcast. That lets us know that you enjoy this content, that you enjoy what we're talking about, and that you want more of it. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock who's an immense pleasure to work with.
0: Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious,
2: friends. What's happening right now is that Alfie is barking in the background. My wife is above me, walking back and forth and talking loudly on the phone, which is what she does.
0: Stopping curious fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic we solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story we encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we we'll look forward to your feedback stay curious friends stay curious stay curious stay
1: curious stay curious stay curious stay curious,
0: stay curious. Stay curious.
2: Stay curious.